Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on this Wednesday, January 4th, 2023 as we're discussing everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. That's what Lockdown Blue Devils is for you, here to discuss what's going on with our Blue Devils that we love so much. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for free on your favorite podcast platform. Also leave us a five-star rating and review. Your support means the absolute world of Lockdown Blue Devils. We're on YouTube each and every day. Watch the show there. Subscribe as well as we continue to climb towards 1,000 subscribers. On today's show, we get set for Duke and NC State coming your way a little bit later today. And who better than on a Wednesday to bring back on my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated for the first time in 2023. Happy New Year to you, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Happy New Year to you, too. Doing great. Big game tonight. Uh, I don't know. Uh, NC State always seems like a house of horrors for the Blue Devils. Doesn't it? On the road in Raleigh. I don't know what it is. I've always had this thing, Kevin, with basketball arenas where the center logo is so large in proportion Mm -hmm. to the rest of the floor. It's like an intimidation factor, I think, that I kind of fear from when I was a little kid. And you've got the wolf pack just kind of staring back. It's just it's a tough place to play. It's way too much red for anyone's liking. So hopefully it's a little bit better tonight for Duke. Yeah, we'll certainly see. Uh, I guess some good vibes rolling in after uh, the last win over Florida State. For sure. A big win for Duke. 19-point victory against Florida State back on New Year's Eve. Uh, 11-day layoff for the Blue Devils going into that one. And we've talked a lot about layoffs in the month of December. And, uh, boy, I was a little surprised, honestly, at how well Duke was able to play against the Seminoles. Yeah, and we talked about it in a couple other uh, episodes where where Florida State's not that good, almost treated like a bye game-esque. But I guess my prediction, my hope, my my hopes and dreams finally came true when I said how this break would be huge for Derek Whitehead and he didn't play against Wake Forest because of an illness, but then he was back on the court against Florida State and he might have had his best game so far as a Blue Devil. So hopefully that's uh, the sign of more things to come for him. Yeah, are you kidding me? I mean, the three players, like we joked, uh, Jalen Blakes, Ryan Young, Derek Whitehead, those three players kind of stealing the headlines for the Blue Devils. Let's talk about them a little bit as we discussed earlier in the week. But for Jalen Blakes, to earn his first career start after a 17-point outing uh, against Wake Forest and then come back with 17 more points against Florida State. He's made seven three-pointers over the last two games combined. I mean, he really seems to be in an offensive rhythm, which going into the season, we felt like we were going to get more on the defensive end of the floor, but it's been the offense that has surprised us about Jalen Blake's. Well, yeah, and I think um, I, I'm certainly not John Shire, but he's got to start again uh, tonight against NC State. I mean, why why wouldn't you start him tonight against yeah. NC State? Um, and it's really we we've all I guess we anticipated, like you said, going into the year that he was going to be more of a reserve player, um, known for his defense um, on the court to spell maybe Jeremy Roach or Tyrese Proctor or some of these other guards a couple of minutes for a breather. But he's all of a sudden turned into an integral integral part of this Duke basketball team. 
And again, I think you saw it in the Wake Forest game where he was kind of like one of the only ones to show up. Um, he, he was outstanding in his first start against Florida State. And um, if he doesn't start against uh, NC State tonight, I think uh, it's a major mistake by John Shire. Kevin, what can we say about Ryan Young, the play that he's had this season? I mean, in a perfect game, he's the first player, uh, you know, to ever in Duke history have a 2010 perfect game, right? 20 points, 10 plus rebounds, not missing a single shot from both the floor and the free throw line. A phenomenal performance for Ryan Young. What can you say about him? You have to just tip your hat to him. I think, um, and myself included, I think Ryan Young is an easy target. Um, maybe to blame for the the struggles if Duke has some down in the post, um, just because he's not the most athletically gifted player, but man, he he does work hard on the glass and he is um, finishing shots around the rim, and that's all you can ask for him. It, it's Ryan Young. You want him um, to be that veteran presence down low with such a young front court, and that's what he has been so far this year. And you really have to say, like, if Ryan Young wasn't on this team, where would they be? Because you have gotten production earlier in the year from Kyle Filipowski, but like that's kind of tapered off here in the past couple of weeks. Derek Lively hasn't been the player we have expected so far this season. And Mark Mitchell is very inconsistent and uh, Christian Reeves doesn't really play. So without Ryan Young, I mean, where would this team be right now? So um, really happy for him on, on uh, setting a Duke record um, against Florida State. And you hope that he can continue this play throughout the rest of uh, ACC play. Yeah, because you're right. The Derek Lively angle in all of this is so fascinating. And we'll save that for a little bit later in the show today. Uh, I do want to talk about the other stellar freshman for Duke, but Tariq Whitehead, another solid performance, 16 points. We were waiting for it, and we got one of those. Had an awesome step-back three on the left wing in the second half. I mean, we've seen the highlight dunks from him already. Feels like Whitehead's getting more and more comfortable. Your listeners are probably sick of me saying it. I've been on the, I've been, I've been driving the Derek Whitehead bandwagon since he committed to Duke, and uh, he gets the broken foot in August, and you're like, oh come on, and right. then he he's he's out for a couple games, and you could see the potential was there, but he's trying to get his legs back underneath him. He's trying to get conditioned, and I said to you that these two weeks. The the two separate layoffs that they have, they're going to be huge for Derek Whitehead. This is going to be his chance to get healthy, to get back in the rhythm of the offense, and to take off. And then he misses the Wake Forest game with illness, and I'm like, oh, come on, this kid can't catch a break. And then against Florida State, he's back out there coming off the bench, 16 points. You said those two nice three-pointers, 5-11 from the floor. Um, and you look at his minutes, he also played 28 minutes. So it looks like, um, knock on wood, uh, my desk right here is wood. I'll knock yeah. on it. But barring any other illness or injury, uh, I think the the Derek Whitehead uh, trajectory is, is pointing straight up. I think this kid's going to be in for a huge final three, hopefully four months of the season. It's what we love to see. Great performance so far. We'll see if he can continue that tonight against NC State, a team with a lot of really talented guards that want to get out after you on the defensive end of the floor. So. We'll talk a little bit about that and more, uh, but let's first take a timeout here on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football, basketball, and so much more. We've got it all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, we've got those as well. 
at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. All right, so Derek Lively II is such an intriguing player for the Blue Devils, another top recruit who has not lived up to standards expectations that you would expect for an over a number one overall recruit. He's been injured. He's had sickness that's been reported over the past few weeks, uh, but he was able to play against Florida State after missing the Wake Forest game. However, he only played for 13 minutes. He did not attempt a single shot and walked away with one rebound and two blocks. We got to ask the question, Kevin, what's going on with Derek Lively? It's a good question. I don't know if there's one specific answer um, to, to try and answer this question. I mean, similar to Derek Whitehead, I also clumped Derek Lively in that duo of saying that these two weeks were huge for them. To, to get back into the rhythm of this offense and really have this team take off as ACC play hits full stride. And um, he, again, he missed the Wake Forest game with illness, um, but it, it just wasn't really there against Florida State. And uh, I know Florida State, typically they're a big team, but their big guys are young and out and hurt and suspended and all this stuff. And you thought this was going to be the perfect game for Derek Lively, a seven-foot-one guy to really – uh, get back into the rhythm of the game, and, and he really didn't have that one big block, that one nice block in the opening couple minutes. But that was really all we heard from him uh, going forward. And I'm—I'll be honest—I'm really starting to get concerned um, that I, I don't know if this thing's going to turn around for him. And and I don't know if this is—I don't know how John Shire wants to play it, but it, it might be best to have him off the bench. Because I don't, I know you want his size and length out there to begin a game, but remember, he's also been prone to some foul trouble this year. Um, yeah. So I think if you could get him uh, coming off the bench and playing in spurts, where like you want him as a rim runner, you want him running in transition, you want his rim protection. But if you can put him out there in four to five minute bursts and just say, "Give me all you got for this time," um, and you can mix around the starting lineup and maybe put Ryan Young back in that starting lineup, I think that might be the best. Uh, best solution right now for Duke. And it was always such a question. How can they coexist, right? How can Kyle Filipowski and Derek Lively coexist as these awesome freshmen coming into Duke? They're both so large, uh, seven-foot players, right? How do you play off of one another with them both out on the floor? And then Ryan Young is sort of this unexpected addition to the bunch, and we've been able to see Young and Filipowski play quite well off of one another, but just haven't quite seen that from Derek Lively's perspective. He is getting NBA buzz, as one would expect when you're a top recruit that goes to Duke. Those scouts, I think, would make Duke one of their first stops any given year, uh, knowing that the talent that's coming in year in and year out. And you have to wonder how much is this hurting any potential draft stock that might be out there for Derek Lively. He needs to put good quality tape out there as well. And I know it's super early. We're only three games into ACC play. But this is the time of year where momentum starts to swing one way or another as to who those top guys are going to be at the next level. And I just want your listeners to know we didn't talk about this at all pre-show. Like right. last last night, I was thinking the same thing on my ride home and thinking about the podcast today. And I was thinking like, man, like I haven't checked a lot of mock drafts recently, but like Derek Lively has got to be slipping. And I, and I thought about that and you bring it up with him and Kyle Filipowski, I think – I think the one thing that bought Duke time earlier in the season was how good Filipowski was on the perimeter. 
I think yeah. that really bought Duke a lot of time. And and you've seen him as of late, maybe not hitting as many three-pointers. I mean, he's shooting now under 30% from three-point range, 14 of 49 on the year. So I, I think now he wants to play a little bit more inside because he's not as confident in his shot going down as he was earlier in the year. And you really can't have two seven-footers inside, one in Lively who's not a threat or hasn't shown to be a threat offensively other than Dunks and Filipowski, who has been a threat inside um, getting into the lane and, and he has a mid-range game and he, he can make shots around the rim. Um, that really collapses the defense. And we've seen so far this year, outside of a player here or there getting hot, Duke really isn't a big three-point shooting team and it's making the Blue Devils, Blue Devils easier to defend. So I, I'm interested to see when you're just making decisions on who to play, Kevin, yeah. when Ryan Young is shooting 75% from the floor. Mm-hmm. it's un- That's amazing. It's so efficient. You know what you're going to get out of him. It's just wild to think that we're talking about, is this actually the best thing for Duke to play more young, bring Lively off the bench a little bit, see where he's at, see if that maybe lights a fire in him to play a little better. And we're having this conversation and you may believe it to be a crazy conversation and out there thought or that sort of thing. But I guarantee if you and I are having these thoughts in our day-to-day lives with the everything chaos going on, that coaching staff is thinking about these things as well. Yeah. And also that I was thinking on my ride home last night and I'm thinking like, all right, like not not to get too down on the kid, but like, all right, you're a top recruit, you go to Duke, you're planned to be a one and done. And now we've seen players leave Duke after a year to go to the NBA that I necessarily don't think as as pros. And like I think you watch Derek Lively right now and you don't really necessarily say, Oh, well, that guy hundred percent is a future pro. Like, yeah. yeah, and like throw like your he'd Jason- be drafted off a of potential right now. Yeah, like the, exactly. Like obviously, throw your Jason Tatum's and Zion's and R.J. Barrett's and all those players out the window because I mean those guys were pros and they proved it on the floor. But like you're thinking of players like your Trevon Duvals or your um, your Frank Jacksons and, and your players like that where they leave because I guess that Duke already has guys coming in that have their spot next year. Um, and they were hyped in high school in an AAU ball as that's a one and done. That's a five-star recruit going to Duke. He'll be in the NBA next year. And I'm not saying that necessarily with Derek Lively, but I think right now, at least what we were, what kind of the perception was in the preseason was that Kyle Filipowski was going to be that two, three-year player. And what you're seeing on the floor right now is kind of the opposite. You could see Filipowski bolting for the NBA after this year with his play on the court, and you could see Lively sticking around for uh, a couple of years. And I'm, I'm not saying that's, happen. that's just what I, that's what my eyes are telling me on the court. Right. I'm thinking of freshmen that have left Duke and Duvall's the perfect example, right, for what he was able to do in that lone season. Frank Jackson, the same thing, um, although Frank Jackson had more of an opportunity in the league than Duvall ever had. Uh, but but more recently, we've seen somebody like DJ Stewart, who yep. was a part of the COVID team that leaves after one year has Matthew yet Hurt. to make a full-time NBA roster, had two seasons of Matthew Hurt, and then he bolts uh, Trevor Keels this most recent season. Yep. How long until he actually gets legitimate NBA run? Those are questions uh, that a lot of people certainly have for sure. Kevin Connolly is with us here on Lockdown Blue Devils, the site expert for Ball Durham. i got to know what's going on at balldurham.com. Tell me about it, Kevin. 
Well, we took a little break there for the holiday and new year, but now basketball's back and we're rolling once again. Football season just wrapped up. What an outstanding year. We'll have all offseason coverage of Duke football, but uh, balldurham.com, your number one spot for all things Duke news, opinions, uh, analysis. You want it, we got it. It's balldurham.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. All right, so Duke basketball tonight taking on NC State. The Blue Devils winners last time out, obviously a 19-point victory against the Wolfpack. As we said, it's uh, from what our memory serves, we definitely can picture NC State fans storming the floor after beating Duke. Look, it's going to happen over the years. Duke has lost uh, a couple of times at PNC Arena in the last decade or so, 20 years for sure. And uh, we look at tonight's matchup. Duke certainly a team that's going to be favored in this one. Uh, But NC State is a team that the Blue Devils cannot afford to look past whatsoever. And as we know, when you go on the road, you need your three-point shooting to travel as well. Absolutely, and that's been the biggest question mark for Duke so far this year. You saw how poorly they shot the ball on the road against Wake Forest a couple of weeks ago. They're going to need that three-point shot, and they're going to need some inside scoring if they want to keep NC State at bay because NC State has a trio of players averaging um, at least 15 points per game, so NC State can really score the basketball. I know they've had some hiccups here and there, 11 and four on the year, but um, formidable team at home. You'd imagine it's going to be a raucous environment. Not going to be easy for Duke tonight. I mentioned our partners over at Bet Online quite frequently. Again, a game uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it on the ACC network. Bet Online has this game going back and forth between a three and four point game uh, in Duke's favor, but of course, NC State 11 and four overall on the season. We expect Jalen Blakes. To get another start, that seemed to work well. My next question is, how is Tyrese Proctor impacted by these things moving forward? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good question because we talked about it in a couple of other episodes where he feels more, he seems more comfortable with the, yeah. basketball, with the basketball in his hands. And Jalen Blakes is not that type of player. He can play off the yeah, off the ball. He's more, at least in our opinion, defensive oriented. But look how well he shot the basketball. And... Uh, Obviously, John Shire always has the best interest of these kids at heart and wants to develop them properly and and get them on to professional careers because that's ultimately your goal as a college basketball coach. It's to win, but also develop your players into um, their futures. But the the main priority there is for him to win. Um, And Jalen Blakes right now gives Duke the bet when he's on the floor. That's when Duke has the best opportunity to win. So I still think Tyrese Proctor has a bright future. Um, we've seen it in international competition with the men's senior national team for Australia. Uh, he's just still trying to learn the college game because don't forget the FIBA game and the college game are really two completely different things. With the exception of the Wake Forest game, Duke has done a phenomenal job on the defensive end of the floor of um, the, holding their opponents to suboptimal scoring totals, less than what they've averaged so far this year. Duke averages 74 points a game offensively. NC State is averaging 80. The Blue Devils are giving up 61. NC State is giving up 68. So NC State scoring a little bit more, but their defense is nowhere near the level of the Duke basketball team. I would expect that to be the thing. Even if NC State can put a competitive game out there on the floor against Duke, I don't see their offense going off and scoring nearly 80 points like they average given how well the Duke defensive unit has played this season. Yeah, and I think this is going to be the real test on if that Wake Forest game was an outlier because 
you had two players out with illness, perhaps other players were dealing with an illness. And I mean, the one game where their defense really didn't step up, they were in a true road game. Um, and obviously the NC State offense, in my opinion, is much more prolific than the Wake Forest offense. Um, so I think this is going to be a real test to see if, all right, was that Wake Forest game an aberration or was it something that this team has issues communicating defensively on the road because the gym is just so loud and teams and role players specifically play better at home. And I think you saw that in the Wake Forest game. They're more comfortable at home um, for whatever reason that that's the case. Um, I think we'll see that now uh, tonight against NC State. All in all, you feeling pretty optimistic about Duke's chances? I do. I, I have a feeling Duke's going to go on the road and pick up a victory. Um, I, I think this team has focused. I think that loss to Wake Forest woke, woke them up a little bit. Um, and I think uh, I'm really looking as I'll stay, I'll stay on my broken record at Derek Whitehead because he gives this team a different scoring feel. Now, remember, he didn't play in that Wake Forest game. So this is his first true road game of his Duke career. Um, but anytime this team goes on the road, you need good guard play. And Jeremy Roach has to be that. He did not play well against Wake Forest. He has to play well on the road against NC State. If he does that and Duke can make enough threes and their defense shows up, I think they get a, a, a nice victory on the road against NC State. I feel the exact same way. Feeling pretty good, ready to see the Duke game a little bit later tonight. Hopefully they can improve to 12-3 and three overall in the season and pick up their third ACC win of the year. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern tip-off. Watch it on the ACC Network. Kevin, it's so great to chat with you as always, man. Be well, and uh, look forward to having you back on the podcast next week, okay? Likewise, JJ, and once again, Happy New Year to you and all the listeners out there. That's Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham, joining us once again on this episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Your support means the absolute world as we continue to climb towards 1,000 subscribers there on YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform as well. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.